Hello and welcome to RhythmPod, the only Lord of the Rings podcast that consistently forgets to ask you to rate, review, and subscribe. <laughs> but we're doing it today. <laughs> My name is Guadalupe Lee. And I am Noel Sajab. <laughs> and today we are going to be breaking down the Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power Super Bowl trailer. <laughs> Which I always laugh when I say that, like, oh yeah, the Super Bowl trailer just came out. I'm like, what's so super about it? I just realized that it's bowl, not ball. You just, it's not the Super Bowl, it's the Super, super Bowl. bowl. <laughs> Before we get into the trailer, though, I had a little bit of housekeeping. So, along with asking people to rate, review, and subscribe, which, you know, please do. Yeah. <laughs> Even if you leave us, like, a one-star review, it still helps us, which is very bizarre, but... But more stars are better, though. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, five stars is definitely preferable, but it's basically just any kind of interaction. Anyway, for those of you who follow me on my Twitter, which is at Guinevere Lee, I put up a few polls just to kind of get people's reactions to the Rings of Power. And this just was... To, just to test, the, to test the water. Just to test the waters. And this was mostly just from the reactions I was getting from my friends, who were either just completely oblivious to what was going on, <laughs> or their comments would be like, oh, are you really angry? Because I hear everybody's really angry. Oh. And people know that I'm a huge Lord of the Rings fan, so they assume that I'm just frothing at the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm not. I, I have nothing to be angry about. I, I don't think so. Yet. <laughs> well, yes. You know, give it some time. <laughs> like, I didn't turn on Game of Thrones until season seven, Eight? I want to say. It was the episode when they went north of the wall to catch yeah, that, that fucking episode. That was bad. That was, that was the turning point for me. Yes. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> if I can survive six seasons of Game of Thrones, I think I can survive five of the Rings of Power. The first poll that I put up was, how do you feel about the new Lord of the Rings show, The Rings of Power? And I put up three options. Insanely excited. I am filled with hatred. And is this a boxing thing? <laughs> I didn't get too many votes on this one, but uh, in dead last with zero votes was insanely excited. <laughs> Second with 12% was, is this a boxing thing? And then 88%, I am filled with hatred. <laughs> so the next poll that I put up, I was, I was trying to like pull away and just see like in general how people are feeling about these fantasy adaptations. I, I don't know how much of like a, this like a full of hatred was just like a trolling. I mean, that's what I'm trying to figure out. Yes. <laughs> so the next poll I put up was what literary fantasy adaptation are you most looking forward to in 2022? Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power, Game of Thrones, House of the Dragon, Wheel of Time, because I couldn't think of any else new no. and then Fantastic Beasts 3 so the last two are sequels but still the Wheel of Time won by an insane margin first of all I got 245 votes on this poll so 69% were all in for Wheel of Time season 2 and the comments that I was getting were mostly like well the first season came out we liked the first season so we're keen for the yeah. second season. All right, fair, fair enough. enough. Yeah. Second place was 
House of the Dragon with 17. 17%. So a huge, a huge margin. Well, okay. was not too much person left. That they are also excited too, but... I mean, I, I was genuinely surprised that Wheel of Time was so much farther ahead than you know, everything that, else. You know, that was also a surprise to me. I mean, well. mostly because I'm not that interested in Wheel of Time. But also, when do you ask what do you're excited I would probably be more excited for new things yeah. than the third season of a TV show that can be good. Second season. Second season. <laughs> but, like, uh, but you know, like, uh, it is not something that excites you too much because yeah. it's not, like, a genuinely new. I can only imagine that it was because the last season of Game of Thrones left such a bitter taste in people's mouths that they were just like, mm, yeah, we're not looking forward to this at all. Then, of course, the last two options, The Rings of Power and Fantastic Beasts 3, came in tied at 7%. But I will actually say that up until the very end, Fantastic Beasts was a little bit higher. And it was only right at the end where Rings of Power caught up. So really, again, Rings of Power dead last. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm... I don't know, I'm... I'm a little taken aback by how much rage there is. At the same time, I'm not super surprised because this poll was on Twitter. Yeah, and, you, you know, know, Twitter is, it's is full of hate. It's famous for its level-headed users. Who yes. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, even the, that one, it is like a, a, like a fairly a, like a small amount, 200. Yes, I... Yeah. I I was surprised that they chose particularly like a wheel of time, like yeah. a, so, so massively. So there you go. Every, nobody gives a shit about Lord of the Rings, Game of Thrones, and Harry Potter anymore. It's all Wheel of Time, baby. <laughs> we should be doing a Wheel of Time podcast. <laughs> anyway, I do plan to put up some more polls. Uh, so if you want to see these polls, you can follow me at Guinevere Lee. There will be a link in the show notes, so you can click there. Also, for Spotify users, I mean, I don't know how many people are still using Spotify at this moment. A new feature with Spotify is that you can also put polls on the podcasts mm. that are uploaded there. And I did do this with our top nine list of Peter Jackson's Lord oh. of the Rings, but then I forgot to mention it. <laughs> <laughs> and I figured I wouldn't put up one again until I mentioned it. But yeah, so if you are on Spotify, check the description of this episode because there's most likely a poll accompanying this. Otherwise, you can catch the polls on Guinevere Lee. And also, for the last episode, I, I didn't say anything about it because I wasn't planning to do it, but I made an entire entry on my website with all of the images and with links and with extra information so you can listen to the last episode where we go over all those character pictures and you can follow along in the blog. And I'm going to do something similar for this one. I'm going to have the trailer, I'm going to take the stills from the trailer, so you can go there and you can get all the extra information, including lots of links, because I know we use a lot of character names, we don't always yeah. explain who these characters are. And especially when you're like, uh, talking about pictures, it's, it's very hard like a... Uh, the, like a follow what we are saying without the, the picture actually yeah. in front of you. We do our best, but it is, 
we are talking about we are talking about a visual medium. Yes. <laughs> so it's nice to have a visual accompaniment. Uh, so if you go to my website, guineverely.com, you will be able to see these posts. I am just using my author's website because I feel like we don't have a large enough audience yet for me to create a dedicated <laughs> website to Rivenpod. So all of these links are in the show notes. Please check those out, and uh, hopefully you can vote on our next poll. Hmm. We'll, we'll think of the question later. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so now, without further ado, let's take a look at this trailer. So I'm just going to play it, and then we can pause it as we go. <laughs> also, they are clearly vacuuming in the hallway outside of our condo. I don't know if you can hear it, but I can. Alright, so let's start this. Haven't you ever wondered? Okay, so first off, I mean, let's just, we're gonna immediately pause. (laughs) (laughs) So this opening shot, this is an establishing shot of a beautiful uh, city. Looks like it's made from limestone. This is clearly Numenor. Yes. Uh, Mostly because you can see the mountain, which is called Meneltarma. And there's actually interesting lore with this mountain, because it's from this mountain that the people of Numenor can see the Lonely Island, Tor Arisea. Oh. And when they see that island, first of all, they, they assume that it's the land of the undying. They don't actually realize there's a midpoint. Yeah. So it's like they can see it, and it's just like... It's almost like within their grasp, you know? <laughs> so it's like they're being teased about immortality and all yeah. of that from this mountain peak. And actually, after the destruction of Numenor, there's tales that the, the peak of the mountain still, still exists, so that there's like oh, an Over island. the water? Yeah, yeah so it, there's a lot of good lore with this mountain. I'm excited to see it explode at, at some point, because that should also happen. Anyway, I think it's very clearly Numenor. I mean, you can yeah, see this... The statue that, like, I remind the Argonauts. Exactly, yeah. Which I'm assuming is meant to be Elros. Like, a statue of Elros. Who is, yeah. who is Elrond's brother, the brother who chose to become a mortal man, whereas Elrond chose to um, become basically an elf. one of the found- well, not the founders, but, you know, one of the, like, the, um... Yeah, we can call him a founder. He was the first king of Numenor. Yes. I mean, basically, Numenor was given to him by the, the elves. After the battle with Morgoth, the, the uh, humans... As a reward. Yeah. The humans who were loyal to the elves, and there were very few. <laughs> there was literally only one group that was that fought alongside with the elves against Morgoth, and they were given this island, and Elros was made the king. At the beginning, they were very, very friendly with the elves. I think this is supposed to be the city Romana. Romana. Which is, it's on the east coast of Numenor, and basically this is the big port city. Mm-hmm. So all the ships coming to and from Middle-earth, they come here. So this, it just seems likely to be that city. Yeah. And also in the beginning of like the, in this clip, we can see when the ship is going under, yeah, under, under an arc. let's go back a second. And uh, that, uh, the arc has like a, just a symbol. Yes. That is like kind of like a sun or some sort of Or like perhaps a Silmaril. So if you <laughs> listen to the last episode, you may have heard there was a little bit of a debate between Noel and I what this symbol was referring to. And I was pretty sure that it was a reference to Numenor. Whereas I, it's supposed to be a five-pointed star, but I think they just changed it to this sort of sun motif. 
but it's meant to represent the Silmaril. So I think this is the symbol that they're going with for Numenor. Yes, like since like a clear at this point. Yeah, so I think there's very little debate. I don't know what, what did the internet tell you. Did you um, get any? No, they they just like speculate a lot uh, for the city itself. They talk about like the Elros like a uh, statue. They talk about like uh, the the mountain mineral trauma. But actually, <laughs> tarma, not trauma. Mineral tarma. <laughs> so just, I don't know if we've ever explained this to our listeners, but when we do our research, I'm doing all my research in the books, mm-hmm. and Noel is doing all of his research online. And we don't talk like we don't uh, with, a, it, with yeah. each other when we found so. Like Which I, is why sometimes we're like, wait, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> I think it's just really interesting because sometimes we come up with completely different explanations. Yeah. So it's it's curious to me. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, excellent. All right, moving on. Oh, and yeah, that voice that we hear, I mean, we're going to see her later, but yes. that is our hard foot. There's wonders in this world okay. beyond our wandering. So now we have a, a flyover shot of the countryside, and we see these hunters with these big uh, moose antlers on their backs. And I actually have a an, another image yep. of them from the Vanity Fair article. Where you, you, you can see like a better, the antlers, how they are attached to the backpack. Here they are. This is the director, Jay Bayona, who, he was the director of the first two episodes, so I assumed already most of the shots are coming from the first two episodes, yes. but this, this is proof positive. I did not go on the internet, so I, I wasn't really doing research on antler types. Based <laughs> on my own experience with animals, they look like moose antlers to me. I don't know if the internet shed any extra light on that. No, not really. I mean, she's a little flatter, but I am assuming it's going to be like a, some a moose-like uh, Yeah, I think like it's really creature. important. I tried to see if I could find any reference to big horned animals. I think it's just meant to look fantastical. Yes, I, I don't think that they is gonna have like a a deeper like a yeah. meaning in the in the TV show later. And as far as who these people are supposed to be, I'm assuming that they're just early men. Yes, they they seems to be men. Okay, you can see like the ears of some of them. Yeah, you can pointy. see a close up of this guy. He's got a beard, so he's <laughs> two marks against him. He's got a beard and he doesn't have pointy ears. So, so definitely not an elf. And I'm going to say probably not a dwarf either no. because the other guy has zero beard. He's just like purely clean shaven. And, you know, the, the proportion seems to be pretty hum- human legs. Well, yeah. I mean, who knows? Maybe maybe they're supposed to be harfeet and uh, it's not a giant moose. It's just a regular sized moose. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, to me, they are like a pretty much uh, humans. Yeah, I think so. And as far as what tribe they belong to, mm. it's really hard to say. Like, is this a flashback? Like, are these supposed to be the men of Edain before they joined the battle against Morgoth? Is it 
So I, it doesn't really matter. I, I, I personally think that these don't have like a, any really no. meaning. It is just only add to the trailer to give a little bit of color. Yeah, it's just, it looks cool. It looks immediately like this is a fantasy. Yeah, exactly. And nothing yeah. else. All right, so here's our first look at Nori. So Nori, she's the Harfoot. She's the person who is narrating the trailer. The actress is Markella. Cavanaugh. Yeah, Markella Cavanaugh. I right off the bat, I like how these Harfoot do not look like hobbits, in the sense that the hobbits are meant to be very much. You know, in England, English countryside yes. in the 1800s. <laughs> this definitely looks more like a throwback to like Celtic cultures. Even that's yes. it seems to me that's where the inspiration is coming from. Yeah, it is more integrated with the nature, but yes. in like a more wild point of view. Yes, I mean like the hobbies there in communion with the nature, but they are basically farmers. Yeah, very much creature comforts. Exactly. But they are, to me, give me like a druid vibe. Yeah. Kind of thing. I'm very much getting, even in her hair, you can see that she's got some like a, twigs or, or something. Or like a bone, some kind of like a decorations, but like a very... Yeah, say, the clothing that she's wearing. I even like a tribal, yeah. like a pretty nomadic like a vibe. Yeah, very me. rudimentary. Yes. I don't think that they're going to be nomadic people. I think it's no? it's still going to be a situation where she's leaving home. So I think that it's a small village, but it's, you know, it's a, like a prehistoric village kind of vibe. Yeah. I can feel it. Before the king. All right, waterfall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's... You know, there is a few waterfalls that I mean, this one could be. I think because this is appeared just before, like, the scene of Galadriel, and Galadriel was obviously in the north, mm -hmm. I am assuming that this is probably placed from one shot from the north of, north of the Middle-earth. Yeah. You know, it, uh, because the scenes are one after another, it does seem like she's maybe climbing up to the side of it, although you can't yes. see her in this wide shot here. But she's kind of like a blue E, so I can just picture that can be like an ice. Like ice you, you can see snow on the mountain. It looks like there's yes. ice in the river down here, so I think this is definitely the oh. same location. The, like the, the, the next shot. Yeah. Now, this is just wild conjecture, and it's probably not correct, because this is a waterfall that exists in Beleriand. But I think it would be really interesting if this was Kavad and Aras. I mean, mostly because we were talking about the story of Turin Turumbar in the last mm -hmm. episode, and this particular waterfall with Kavad and Aras is the waterfall that um, <laughs> Turin's lover slash sister throws <laughs> herself from um she she's also a little upset <laughs> so I, I mean when i saw the waterfall that was the first thing that came into my head but it, who knows i yeah. yeah i think it's definitely not the falls of Roras, which which are the waterfalls that we see uh, on the river anduin no those, those, not. You know, if you saw The Fellowship of the Ring, those are the waterfalls that Boromir goes over. Whee! <laughs> uh, but uh, just looking at the geography, no, it looks no, completely wrong. Not. Like, this is definitely a place in the north, and it's a very mountainous region. 
But it's really hard to, to go off of anything. Alright, so here we have the shot that made a thousand fanboys scream <laughs> in agony. Uh, we have Galadriel leaping and digging her knife into the ice to climb. Wearing, wearing a full metal armor. See, I have so many problems with this <laughs> shot, but none of them have to do with the portrayal of Galadriel. It's little things like, yes, she's wearing armor to give all this... I mean, you don't wear an armor suit of armor when you're climbing. You wear it when you're fighting. She's using a knife as a pickaxe. And not any <laughs> knife. Like, this... This tiny little dagger. And also this is kind of like a relic, you know, yeah. from like his family. Not which, at all. Which would not, it would just immediately slide out because there's nothing jagged in there. I just, the equipment for this kind of physical activity is all wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and that is my only problem. <laughs> I, like that armor, in my best estimation, should wear twenty kilos. Uh, probably more. Yes. Th- yeah. But but ju- just being like a generous. So that is not. It is not just climbing. He's like a jumping. Yeah. And like a, and just stabbing. It's just. I would actually have an easier time believing. You know, th- since she's an elf and they're meant to be very light, I could just see her like grabbing like. Free solo this shit. Yeah. That would be way more believable than elf clad in armor but, using small dagger to pick But they need to show the dagger in the trailer. <laughs> I think they need to show that she's a badass and they didn't understand how. <laughs> and also, when you wear like a metal armor in these conditions, like a Jew should cover the metal with cloth. That's the other thing. This is <laughs> no, no. But obviously you have like a something under, but you should have something over. I mean, it's way too cold to be wearing armor like that. Yeah, you basically need to have like a leather over the steel. Yeah. Otherwise, like the steel is gonna be so cold, it's gonna <sighs> frostbite. Even under like a any covering well, you look, have. Look, you can see there's chainmail against her skin on her forehead. There's metal on her forehead. This is. It's already one. It's already, it's already melted with her skin. She cannot be able to remove this helmet ever. I just, I, I'm just questioning the design choice for this. <laughs> I mean, maybe it's a desperate situation in which, like, maybe she was in a battle and she got backed up against this waterfall. Actually, what we're thinking, it is like she's not climbing, but she falls from the cliff and she just kind of like a try desperately for like a. Don't I fall. would be okay with that. That that is that would be an okay. That, that I just want to watch this jump again. Is she? Because it looks like she's jumping to the side. Yes, yeah, she looks to the side, but wait again. Yeah, she's going like from the side and up. But I don't know what is the yeah, like the, 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 the context. It's like she was climbing from the bottom, or she just fall and just try to make his way up. Yeah, this is. One of the things I mean when I say it's too early to get angry about these things because I have no context. Oh, no, of course. (laughs) If the context is she's at the top of the waterfall and got pushed over in her armor, then yes, this makes perfect sense. If the context is... Or or just is one side of the waterfall and need to climb, let's say, like like, like five meters to the side. Okay, whatever. Even that, now... 
Because, yeah, if that's the context where she's standing in front of this waterfall and she's like, okay, I will climb now. Like, no, take that armor off. Like, like a, you try to, like, a, like a throw a rope or make some kind of, like, a, I don't know, whatever. I mean, you're an elf. Armor is not precious to you. <laughs> like, well, probably that armor, maybe, I don't know. No. But I, elves don't really hold armor in high regard. Blades and jewels, yes, yes but armor, no. And also, she's wearing, like, a turban on her head, which... Mm, you know, yeah. as far as cold weather gear goes, it's not great. I, Especially I, when you can tell that there's chainmail in it. Look at that chainmail. Yeah. <laughs> so she has a chainmail quaff, and then she's wrapped a turban around it. I just, what is going on here? <laughs> what are you wearing? <laughs> this is, I'm booting this outfit. <laughs> it's a boot. It's a boot. It's a boot. <laughs> All right, so moving on from this travesty. Before the fellowship. All right, so here we have Hallbrand at sea. Now, we already know from the Vanity Fair article a little bit of the context. Mm-hmm. Uh, eventually, she, he's going to meet up with Galadriel. Now, for the context of how they get at sea, I can only imagine that they're like sailing to Numenor? Actually, I read it is the opposite. Sailing from Numenor. From Numenor. Well, I, either way, I knew Numenor had to be involved. And like, and that is like a song from the, the official marketing that he's running for his past. Because he's Sauron. No, they can't. Sauron is not running from his past. <laughs> His and past the was Morgoth. <laughs> He's chasing his past then. <laughs> Listen, Noel, listeners, I will never let this go. <laughs> after the, f- after the fifth season. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be like my sister who shipped Jon Snow and Sansa until the very last episode. <laughs> Even afterwards, she's like, it could still happen. <laughs> You know, in, in, in a spin-off. I will never let this go. I am so sure this man is Sauron in disguise. So anyway, here he is shipwrecked, and he's on, like, a little wooden raft. Uh, yeah, so we... Alright, 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 alright. Wait, 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 wait. So here we go to Arondir, who is fighting in the woods. Actually, I wanted to see if we can get a slightly better shot. It's so dark, so we can't yeah. see if he's wearing that awful armor. Yeah, he's he's. But I think he is, yeah. yes. Which I told you, I told you he'd be running around and fighting in that travesty. Yeah, I know. This uh, is another boot, by the way. Oh yeah. In addition, I am getting Legolas bullshit vibe. Oh, catch here. the arrow and, and then just throw you back. It's like, a, ugh, come on. I'm way more okay with that than stabbing someone with the arrow first and then trying to use it. At least this way, the arrow's still in good condition. And also, elves definitely have the ability to catch an arrow. 100%. Wow. Yeah. No, no, no. They do. They do. They're super, super fast. In fact, Tolkien said that they, they had to slow themselves down around people. No, really. They, because they're going to freak out. <laughs> basically, they move so fast... 
Like, it would just be like watching someone on fire. It's like a Benny Hill's cat. Yes, exactly. That's when humans aren't around, that's what Rivendell looks like. (laughs) So, for sure, elves can do this. I have no problems with this. I have problems. I have problems, but okay, I will give it to you anyway. (laughs) I have problems with his armor, but I don't have problems with the ability to catch arrows. But no, for sure, this is just following the track of. Let's just do cool, stupid, impossible moves yeah. with the bow and arrow. Because. Because, I don't know. I think bow and arrows are so overused that it's just it's hard to think up of interesting ways to represent them. Yeah, I guess so. We can't really see who he's fighting. We can tell he's in a forest. No, I don't think at any moment appear like a... But he who does the enemy. seem to be like lying over a figure here, a person. So this could be a situation where he's, like, protecting Bronwyn. Maybe this is the moment when they meet. He's saving her mm. from from something. He can't I, see. I mean, definitely he's fighting against more than one person because you can see another arrows flying around. Yeah, you so can see, like, maybe like a, a figure in the background. Yeah, and you could have, like, arrows here and here. So basically it's, like, you a, see, like we, several persons. There is a person lying down next to Arundir. Let's gonna put it a little bit behind and let it play. You see? You can see the move. Like they, they, yes. they throw themselves down on the ground next to a rondier. So I think he's protecting them. Yeah, it's a, another person in the floor can be also an enemy that he's dying. But it's also possible. Yes. It could just be someone he like killed and they're just falling at yeah. his feet. Uh, you can't tell if it's a man or a woman. So no. pure conjecture here. So yeah, not too much more from this one. Before the ring. That is important for later. All right, meteor. Come back here. All right, so yeah, we have a meteor flying through the sky. What does the internet say? Uh, I will talk about this meteor later in the trailer. Okay, okay. (laughs) I have thoughts, but we'll get to that later. Okay, we're going to skip this from now. And then we go to a shot of Gil-Galad and... Uh, it looks like he's looking up at that meteor we just saw mm-hmm. fall from the sky. Or they just put the, the both together to look like. Yeah, this is the problem with these trailers. Like, are these scenes actually related? But, yeah, so here we have Gil-Galad. He's staring up at the sky. He's in a, in I'm a assuming, pond? Or? I'm assuming he's in Linden. Yes. I actually know exactly where he is. Oh. Because there is another shot that they released with this... With this particular location? Yes. So if you oh, went on... The, it's the same show that Yeah, it's the exact same place. You can see that he's standing on this and there's the water behind him. I think you see the markings on the sides, but like a... I can see... Yeah, you can even see the leaves. It's yeah, the same but leaves. The, the leaves there, yeah, completely. In this one, it seems like it is during the night. Yes, and this shot here is during the day. Uh, again, we're going to have all of this on the website. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's really difficult. But the, the, image, the, the image that they release separately, this is an image in Linden. And it looks very similar to the place where they had the Council of Elrond. Same vibe, yeah. Yeah, like it's a raised platform of stone, and then around the platform is a little moat of water, 
and then it leads into the forest. And in this image, there are elves standing around in the forest looking as Gilgalad is standing over some warriors. I'm assuming he's giving out some awards or whatever, medals for good deeds. <laughs> anyway, it looks like this is Gilgalad's, like... For, for lack of a, or, yeah, council yes. room, throne room. Yeah. This is his place. So here he's standing there at night. I assume he's looking up at the meteor. It could be completely unrelated, but he looks yeah. very pensive and worried about something. Then, and you can still hear the fanboy screaming. <laughs> <laughs> so here's Galadriel galloping on a horse. And finally, it makes sense that she's wearing a yep. suit of armor. Finally, it's pay up. <laughs> <laughs> and the horsey is also wearing a suit of armor. And it looks like they're charging into battle. Um, yep, I'm pretty much it. <laughs> yeah, you know, there's. it's hard to really give conjecture about which battles are what no. because we got nothing to go off of. And it's potentially so many battles. Yeah, that. whether it be canon or not. Uh, I do still think that they're probably going to start off with the battle against Morgoth, which would be so epic and huge. In fact, this this yes. image almost seems too small to be a part of that because it's such a massive battle. Like, the gods get involved in it. The entirety of Beleriand is destroyed because of it. So, I don't think this is related to that battle, but if it is, that's a bit of a disappointment because that's... It should be bigger than this. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I think we have like a several battles through the old TV show, so... Yeah. All right. Then we have Elf holding Torch in Cave. Now, this is interesting. Uh, this Elf is not Galadriel. No. <laughs> but he is wearing the exact same outfit that Galadriel is wearing when she's climbing the the waterfall. Or at least it's very similar. You you got the chainmail quaff on his head, you've got the turban around it, he's got uh, mostly chainmail and so I, I assume that these two moments are connected. Or yeah, or the two characters that are like a somehow like related in somehow in like yes, some way. Exactly. Now I got the name of this actor. This yeah. is Will Fletcher. Oh, I have a different name. What name do you have? I got Kip Chapman. Kip Chapman? Yes. Let me look at a picture of him. And it is like a character named Celine. Oh, yeah. This looks like a Kip Chapman. You're right. They both have that, like, bum chin. Yeah, like... The, right? The, the chin is... Well, the other, <laughs> the other guy for sure is Will Fletcher. Okay. We'll get to him later. Uh, yeah, all right, let's say this is Kip Chapman. Celine, you say. Yeah, and apparently it is an elf, and it is not much information about it. I'm just going to be staring. This or, picture oh. of Kip Chapman makes him look very different. <laughs> yeah, I, I like at first find some picture of him with beard, and it's like, mm, no. Yeah, it's you, so you're... difficult to tell when you have a yeah. bearded image of a person... But no, but you you feel some like a picture of him like shaven like yeah yeah. He's, but look he's, at he's look at Will Fletcher. Like, tell me that's not the same person. Mm. Right, it's real hard. Yeah, they have also like a big forehead, big chin. Uh the nose is different. The nose is different. Yes. 
Or is it? All right, I'm not 100% sure. I still think it could be Will Fletcher. Well. But I have this real problem with, like, handsome white guys. They all look the same to me. Like, that chiseled (laughs) jaw. I'm just like, I don't know. Kip Chapman, Will Fletcher, it's one of you two. Probably? (laughs) Maybe. So whatever he's doing in this cave, Galadriel is definitely with him. Yes. For sure. Now, and he is being attacked by a thing! Some kind of like a ogre-like... I mean, I, I guess a cave a, troll. Like a troll. Look like very similar to like a, like a the trolls, like a picture for Peter Jackson. Like a, that, like a kind of like a canines... Like. Yeah, I I see a little bit of the Peter Jackson influence. There's he's got it's got more of a rat face. Yes. I think its face is a little longer, its nostrils are more flared. It's got tusks or something coming out of the side of its face. I think it's like a brown picture. And it's got a beard. Yeah, have like some some beard and Maybe some fur over think, the Yeah, arms. he's got fur, and there's ice on the fur. Yes. Right, so we already know that this is a winter setting, and I'm assuming that it's asleep, and then the elves coming through the cave wake it up. Yeah, uh, basically when, like, uh, Galadriel was doing, like, our, well, with internet said, it was like a traveling... Don't to, trust the internet! Traveling to the north to fight, like, a Sauron. Or like a, his minions. That is where Saurons have the liar. And it's possible that... Sauron's in Mordor by this point. No. His original fortress during the Second Age was in the north. But he goes to Mordor to make the rings and all that. But he is still having like the fortress in the north until the fall of the Second Age. I'm not disputing that Sauron doesn't have a fortress in the north, but why would Galadriel be hunting Sauron? There's absolutely... This must be after the, the, the War of the Rings. After, like, a, he forced the rings and betrayed the elves. That's way too soon in the series for that. That's just crazy talk. Or maybe he was trying to hunt in some of the, like, the Sauron minions no. without knowing that the Sauron minions. I mean, at this point in the stories, Sauron, they don't think he's a threat. And in fact, he's trying to appear as wonderful and beautiful as possible to, like, woo them. But, but, but because they don't know that it's Sauron. But they know that Sauron was the lieutenant of, like, uh, Morgoth. And Mor- yeah, but he repented after Morgoth died. Yes, he did! But nobody believed... Do you be- want no, me to read this? But nobody be- I, I read it, but nobody believed it. Yes, they absolutely believed it. In fact, Tolkien even wrote that even Sauron believed it at the time. <laughs> okay, but maybe it was not Sauron I think, himself. I think the internet is completely wrong about this. I mean, even though... Taking into account the collapse of the timeline, there's just no way that by episode two... They're already hunting Sauron. That would mean that he creates no. the rings in the first episode, and now we're going on the hunt for Sauron. I don't buy it. No, but, like, I, I, I don't mean that, sorry, I didn't mean that it's Sauron itself, but one of his minions. Obviously, Sauron was 
like plotting already. I suppose it's possible, but I... Okay, the fortress that I am talking about is Angabad. The Iron Prison in the Angbar, North. Angbar, yeah, okay. And just that was... They didn't be able to, like, destroy it when Morgoth fall. I theorized that it is still be some minions, like, a, of, like, a Maybe Morgoth. they're going to Angman. Maybe. But it has nothing to do with Sauron. For sure. Not... It well, could, not I would, this point, I would buy it more as a situation where maybe this is during the battle to throw down Morgoth and maybe they're like going I don't know, sorry, like spies <laughs> creeping yeah. like creeping into the dungeon to do something. I don't know, but yeah, no, it's they're not hunting Sauron. No, okay. They're not even hunting the idea of Sauron. Not Sauron like a per se, or maybe not they are not that is like a Sauron minions, but Sauron was plotting from the beginning. Yeah, for sure. He was plotting, but he was very smart about it. Everybody yeah. believed that he was like... But this don't mean that they don't have like a minions working for him. No, but... Uh, if it's what the internet thinks it is, it, it, they're not hunting Sauron. They're, okay, not they're sa- hunting rumors. Okay, or- not Sauron. They're like a go to Angabar <laughs> and just kill whoever is there. Yeah. That maybe it's not Sauron itself, but it's one someone working for Sauron. It would be interesting. Maybe they're going to investigate this place. His, you know, it's after Morgoth has fallen. Yeah. For, so for maybe example, they're just going to check out this fortress and then they find this yeah, because, demon Because troll. they didn't be able to clean the fortress in yeah, the Yeah, like place. maybe it's just a cleanup crew. Yes. Although why, why would they send Galadriel on that? That to mm, me is insane. Because? <laughs> well, I, I guess Galadriel was not Galadriel at this point, you know? Oh, Galadriel was Galadriel at this point. <laughs> oh, trust me, she was. She was already a queen of her own land. There's really no reason for her to be hunting or infiltrating or doing anything. If she was going into battle, she would be riding, galloping on that horse at the front. (laughs) That, I believe, this seems strange to me. I think that they're looking for something, possibly the sword, the broken sword, Gerthang, that we saw in the images. Maybe they're going to find that... And while they're going through this treasure trove, they find this troll. Uh, I I think the internet is making weird connections. Yeah, can be. But we'll see in mm-hmm. only seven months. Ooh, I can't wait. <laughs> Unfortunately, you will. <laughs> All, right. All right, and then running and throwing. That's still the questionable boy, right? Yes. Yeah kind of get a look at the front of him, but it's kind of blurry. All I can see is that he's got a quiver on his back. How, how elven. Alright, a new legend begins this fall. Oh yeah, so there, there's that image that we were looking at. <laughs> Sorry, how I paused it, now Duran's face is superimposed over Linden. Uh, but yeah, here's that image of... Yeah, King Gilgalad, uh, awarding servicemen. I assume that this is after the Battle of Morgoth, and he's like, yeah, just summoned. Yeah, summoned people just to be like, good job, good job. <laughs> uh, 
don't have much more to say about that. No. Linden looks very beautiful. I'm getting a very clear <laughs> color scheme. It's like very golden and yellow. Just like Gilgalad's outfits are all very golden. But yeah, nothing more to say. And then your yes. boy, Durin the Fourth. I have a little problem with this. Oh, a little problem? Yeah. So this is like a portrait of Owen Arthur. Yes. Let's just say Durin the Fourth. And the problem with during the fourth is he should not be during the fourth. <laughs> he should be during the third. The timeline doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> but the thing is, they just like a make during the third disappear, and it's like, well, we need a during. Yeah, they just skipped over during the third. But during the third is the one that he received the ring of power. Yeah. And so should be him, who is like a, in this TV show. In fact, actually, during the fourth was not mentioned at all <laughs> in any book or appendix. <laughs> the only thing that we know that exists is because during first, second, third, sixth, and seven. So we assume that it's like a fourth and a fifth in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> and the only like a mention is like a, he was the one um, fighting in the um, in the last alliance between men and elf, that also they don't mention dwarves, despite that they was there fighting. The dwarves were there. Um, Represent. But they are not in the name. <laughs> <laughs> they are only aliens of men. Elves. I know it is kind of. I think the elves just dismiss the dwarves so much that when they're retelling the story, they're just like, eh, yeah, some men were there. I don't remember anyone else. <laughs> I think that that is the exact reason why they chose to go with Durin the Fourth. They 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 very clearly want to end this with that great big battle against Sauron. I, I mean, it's just a smart place well, to yes. end it anyway. And I think they're amalgamating so many different characters that you know the Durins have sort of morphed together. Yeah, basically because they they collapse all of the Second Age yeah. altogether. They could have called them Durin the Third. They could have called yeah. them Durin the Fifth. It doesn't really matter because so, they clearly don't care that much. Yeah. So basically, it's like we don't have have two different actors for Durin, so we make one, one <laughs> they Durin. They could have just cast him as both. And giving him, like, a slightly different beard. Yeah. <laughs> I would have been okay with that. Because technically, they look exactly the same. Yeah, right? So... I mean, we're extremely confusing, <laughs> because they both are called Durin, and they look the same. <laughs> anyway, I'm assuming that he's in Casa Doom here. Yes. And the one kind of interesting thing is behind him over the shoulder are these masks. Which they look like those Greek... Tragedy masks yeah. that actors would wear with the the creepy expressions on their face, and I'm not entirely sure if that's what they're going for here. I don't know if they're or just maybe just like a full helmet. But um, a helmet that looks like a face. Yeah. That doesn't. No. I know it's weird. It's weird. It's weird. I don't like that. I I think as a mask. It, Maybe he's watching some weird dwarven theater performance. <laughs> he's got tears in his eyes, so something's upsetting him. <laughs> or it can be also like a stone. It can be just like a piece of statues. Kind of like a... I thought about uh, 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 that. Like a rumble. Like, why, why is the mouth and eyes hollow? It has to be... 
a mask. Yeah. It could be perhaps a death mask. The the thought has occurred to me that, you know, he looks very upset. Maybe he's watching the burial of Durin the <laughs> Third. <laughs> or second. I or mean. whichever Durin was on hand that day. <laughs> so, yeah. Like, my guess it is going to be some decorations in the back. Yeah. Um, that maybe don't have much of a meaning, but yes, they're a little weird. But he's clearly upset about something, so yes. something important is happening here. Maybe he's watching the trailer and crying every time he sees Galadriel yeah. in armor. He's dealing with emotions. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this fucking shot. I don't know why they are making Elrond look like a villain, but <laughs> they are making Elrond look like a villain. And it's, it's that chin. It's that That chin. But look at this. <laughs> so I <laughs> think he's in Khazad-dûm. It looks like there are dwarves around him. Maybe it's just yeah. because this is sandwiched in between scenes of dwarves. But it looks like whatever he's holding in his hand, it looks dwarven. Yeah. It's like, like either... A, a, a weapon or just like a rod. Yeah, a rod or like the hilt of an axe. Or I mean, makes sense that it's kind of like a case of doom because in the lore that we don't know how much they're going to be falling or not, Elrond was one of an emissary for mm-hmm. just like a make, like a kind of like a friendship or alliance between the elves and the dwarves. Yeah. So... Makes totally sense that he's in Karasdun because he's he, he was an emissary before. Yeah, so he's probably there on. Probably Gilgalad sent him. Yeah. Maybe because of whatever Gilgalad saw in the sky and he's sending people <laughs> around. But he looks pissed, right? He's hunched over and he's looking up and he just looks angry. I don't know, that punchable face, but... <laughs> also, and this is bizarre, but I think he looks a lot like Matt Smith in this yeah, picture. Though, like, I, Except I love Matt Smith. Matt Smith does not have a punchable face. <laughs> no, no, he's got a beautiful face. <laughs> yeah, but the chin and especially the hair remain a lot that of... Like a Ma- Matt Smith in... surfer, wavy hair. Yes. <laughs> Which is very bizarre. I feel like it should be darker. I think Elrond's hair is meant to be darker than this. But, yeah, I don't know. Why are you so angry, Elrond? What's going on? And then we have our picture of Princess Dice. You gotta blink and you'll miss it. But there we go. Princess Dice. She's either singing or maybe giving a sermon. It seems like they're building her up to be uh, like a spiritual leader of the dwarves, where like Durin the Fourth is the king and he's the power. Yeah. Maybe she's representing the spiritual side of the dwarves. I she's th- more of a religious. I, I thought she was at the, her, his wife of Durin. No? Yeah, but oh, maybe. but and also like a priest. Well, first of all, she's an invented character. So. No, I, I, I say because for the things that they like the information they, they leak, I have the impression that uh, she was the like the the wife of the Durin, but maybe I'm it's mistaken. Possible. I mean, he's a king and she's a princess, so that's a little confusing to me. But it, yeah, I don't know, maybe. But that doesn't change. The fact that I think that she's meant to be, like, a religious leader. Actually, I don't know where, like, they take this, but they say through 
still a prince during the Ring of Power timeline, during the fourth, eventually become a king. So maybe he's a prince as well. Sorry. Like, like a, a, during the fourth. Okay. Apparently, I don't know what it is. He's starting as a prince in yeah, this story. Yeah, where did this escape So from? somewhere during the third is still around. Uh, maybe? <laughs> yeah, okay, that will make a little bit more sense, that like a dude in the fourth is the main character, but, but, there's but, but still a king, yeah. like somewhere around. Maybe. Okay, so, yes, okay, that, that, that makes a little bit more sense than before. And it seems like this is what both Durin and Elrond are looking at in in this moment. Like, those, I think that yes. those three scenes are connected. I think, like, a, she's, I think she's crying. Or, or, or just screaming, but like in, 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 you know, in pain or in panic. No, this looks like, you know, like she's singing or like mm. giving a sermon. That's I, I see pain. I see pain there. You can give, you can have pain when you're giving a sermon. <laughs> I think this is, it's all related to the, to these omens of darkness. And I think she's, she has also seen something terrible is coming. Maybe she's giving a warning not to trust someone. I don't think she's, like, screaming in horror. I think she's singing. Mm. We'll find out. <laughs> All right, uh, back to Galadriel at sea during the shipwreck. This is clearly Holbrand's hand moving yeah. her hair aside, and <gasps> shock, she's an elf! All along. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm guessing that this particular human doesn't like elves, which... Nope is not that far of a stretch because, again, most humans sided with Morgoth, which I hope is something important that comes up in this series because it would be interesting to acknowledge the fact that these humans have a bit of a dark past. I don't know, maybe that's the dark past he's mm -hmm. running from. He yep. was a servant of Morgoth and he doesn't trust elves. Makes totally sense. And there's not much else to say no. about that. Except Morfitt's Clark is really beautiful. <laughs> Look at that profile. Gorgeous. <laughs> All right, naked man in fire. Yeah, that that. Is... Naked man in fire. Always fun. <laughs> <laughs> I spent a long time looking at this, being like, "Is that is that is that a penis or a shadow?" <laughs> <laughs> or it's smoke. <laughs> I, I think it's a shadow. <laughs> so. My theory is that is the meteorite that we saw before, flying over... It's a naked man? The naked man is the meteor? Yeah, that naked man was in fire, and he basically is like a, the crater where they landing, and she's like the, um, the hair foot yeah. that is helping out. I think he's a wizard. And I don't know how to feel about that. Yeah, so I, I see where you're going with this. And um, I think it, it makes sense if we kind of take all of our context clues here. I think I mentioned in the last episode, and also it's in the Vanity Fair article, but we know that Nori, the Harfoot here, she is going to meet a mysterious man with a mysterious past. That has appeared in the very last shot yeah. of the trailer. Like so... 
yeah, I thought that it could have potentially be hologram, but after I saw this, I was like, no, yeah. no, it's this, it's this weird naked man. Yeah, this is probably the stranger, just yes. going off of those character photos. Because in, in the last appear with that, like a, like, like a dark cloth. Yeah, but you could see a little bit of his beard. Yeah. So we know that he's a, a bearded old man. Oh man, hallelujah, look at this body. <laughs> Yeah, well. <laughs> when all the internet was freaking out about, oh no, nudity. This is not what they were thinking. <laughs> I don't know if this is better or worse. And we know that the Astari, which is another word for the wizards, they were sent by the Valar. So maybe this is just a bit more of a dramatic entrance. So perhaps Nori, she looks up at the sky and she sees a falling star and she goes to investigate and gets assaulted by a naked old man. <laughs> what kind of show is this? <laughs> but no, I, I think after seeing this, I was like, it's a wizard. Yeah, but... It's a wizard. I mean, of course it's a wizard. Is it a blue wizard? Is it Sourman? Is it Gandalf? I don't know, but it's a wizard. But he should not be here. He shouldn't be here. But the timeline doesn't exist anymore, so I'm not I'm not gonna nitpick about that. I, I mean, I know I'm gonna complain about it, but I'm not gonna nitpick about it. For fair, they arrive in the second age, but they don't interact with like the elves or the humans. But Harfoots also didn't uh, interact with them, and we got a Harfoot, so maybe these two characters that never interacted with the with, other with characters. the rest of the TV show during five seasons. I think. <laughs> It's gonna be a 3PO, R2-D2 kind of situation <laughs> where they are involved in the background. So they're kind of witnesses to the things that are happening. And even though they don't have important decisions, you know, maybe small things that they do affect the overall story. But I think most of all, they're witnesses. I really, really hope that it's not Gandalf. I will cry a little. I hope it's Sourman, actually. I think that would be really interesting to see him at the beginning and to understand why his turn to darkness is so tragic. I mean, th that would be cool. I mean, yeah. would make probably less sense because Saruman was the last of the wizards <laughs> to arrive to the Middle-earth. We don't know. The other four might be wandering around. <laughs> but but yes, I mean, like, they don't interact with Gil-galad or Kiran until, like, the, the third age. Yeah. So if they bring Gandalf, to me, it will be, like, a very cheap attempt to... It's, it's very fan-baity. Yeah, yeah, to see like a, ooh, I know that you like Gandalf. Look, we have Gandalf in this TV show. And it's the same as having the halflings. Like, there's really no... Like, it doesn't directly contradict anything to have no, a halfling in the story, but it doesn't make any sense. And they've only done it because people associate halflings with the Lord of the Rings. But have a halfling is okay, but the fact... For example, they try to give, like, a flash forward with Frodo in particular. <laughs> that will be, like, a cheap... Like, that will be cheap. Yeah, that's... I would be... I would be okay if this was either a blue wizard or if, if it was Sauron. If it is a blue wizard, I would be better. I think the blue wizard makes the most sense. <laughs> I think Sauron is the most interesting. But Gandalf? Oh, don't no. no. Don't let it be Gandalf. I mean, Gandalf just have a lot. You don't need to be Gandalf. If you bring Gandalf, it's only because you try to catch yeah. like a, this nostalgia from like a, the Peter Jackson viewers. Yeah. I think... Blue Withers, they barely this information about them. It is just like the empty canvas 
perfect for this setup. Yeah, creatively, you have the most freedom. Yeah. And but why is there only one? Where, where is his brother in blue? They didn't arrive together. Like, a one, one day of the blue came first, and the other one came forth. With Saruman. And, and in fact, I, like, it was fun, because he's not going to come, and he was forced to take a, the other blue wizard with him, and he was very pissed because of that. <laughs> he missed his ride. He's like, yeah. Saruman, can you take me with you? He basically, take your small brother with yeah. you. <laughs> I want to go to the park. All right, but you have to take your brother. Oh. <laughs> Alrighty. So, uh, we get just a bit of a wider shot, and I think this is basically we're looking into the crater. And we're just seeing yeah, a naked man. You can't you can see, yeah, you you can know, like see the shape the of the crater. Yeah. Yeah. So I think this is just like basically him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay, sure. Why not? It's, it's dramatic. It's visually pleasing. Sure. Let's have a naked old man fall from the sky. <laughs> All right. Uh, that's, I know it's Durin. Yeah, he's Durin he's as well. He's cracking open a... A stone with his axe, and with two other three lords. other oh, three oh actually yes. four. There's one person you can barely see. Oh yeah, uh, definitely Kazad Doom. I mean, I think pretty much any dwarf location we see is going to be Kazad Doom yes. because what it, it, else was there? I mean, not the, there was the other location, but Kazad Doom was Kazad Doom was the biggest. It is the biggest. It was like the the. Like the hub for all of the like the the commerce. If in the you want to go through the Misty Mountains, you yes. gotta go through. Kazadun. And the other day, also like in the north and then like a north. Um, like up east. in the Blue Mountains. Yeah, so blue. like a, they are kind of like a, out of the way. So. Yeah, I think you know. I'm not gonna say we won't see the dwarves in the Blue Mountains. We might. I don't think they're gonna play a big role. No. Yeah, I'm agreeing. Yeah. What do you What do you think he's uh Is he testing a weapon or is this some sort of ceremonial moment? <sighs> I mean, that this guy's got a pre- pretty wicked horn in his hands. I feel <laughs> like they're doing some sort of ceremony. Yeah, especially because you know it is surrounded for this other like uh, important looking like. Uh, yeah, they're dwarves. all watching him like, oh yeah, smash that rock, young dude. Actually, because he is a prince, maybe some kind of initiation That's ceremony. What I was thinking. Because the rock itself is like a regular rock, yeah. nothing like like a. Uh, like important on it. He's not doing anything practical in this moment. No, <laughs> and definitely he's not mining. No. So like uh, this is some ceremonial like activity. So. Alright, cracks that open. I'm, I tried to see if you could actually see if like he's um, if there's anything in the rock, but it doesn't appear like there is. No. Like I think it's just it's just a rock. Yeah, and like the rock was like a place over like a. Um, it's on a pedestal, yeah. Yes. So it is not that he's breaking like, a, you know, some rocks, they are loose. They place this rock yeah. over the pedestal so he can break it in some yeah, ceremony of some, some kind. Some weird ceremony. Yeah. Alright, this next shot's way more interesting. Yes. So this is Arundir again. What's about the chain? So it seems to me like he's been captured. I'm going to assume he's been captured by the Harad because that's where his story is taking place. And also, yeah, and also, this, yeah, all, all of these like a reminder of the Harad from like yeah, a Peter sort Jackson of tarp business that's going on. And the colors, on. especially, remind a lot of the the Harad. Now, 
this is just my disclaimer slash reminder to everyone that this show has nothing to do with Peter Jackson's adaptations. I feel like I've had to explain this multiple times to multiple people. Now just to make a disclaimer in the beginning of each episode. Because <laughs> people are really confused about that. And I don't know why people are so confused about that. But... They are. <laughs> so, I mean, maybe it's the Harad based off of our visual understanding of them in Peter Jackson's adaptation. It doesn't actually mean anything because no. they could have done anything. But based on the fact that we know he's in the Harad and he's falling in love with a Harad woman, I think what's basically happened here is that he's been captured and... A Again, this is somehow, like, he's either met Bronwyn by this point, or he's going to meet her, she's going to help him escape, or I, whatever. I just must say, like, uh, he's chained, but his chain is only one feet, so the <laughs> other is free. The hands, they are free. Oh, he's leaping into the air, holding an axe. And, like, uh, the chain is long enough, so he can just jump, so... You, you make a very, very poor job, this like, a, like a, capturing this man. Well, he, my thought was that this was like a fighting pit. So he's captured and okay, he's in there for their entertainment. Fun enough, yeah. And, which, I mean, I got questions. Like, do they not know he's an elf? If they know he's an elf, they know that he's very capable of escaping from there. So why would they? Unless... Yeah, they do know he's an elf. Well, but, but maybe he didn't escape in this particular scene. No, but he will. I just don't understand what their end game is here. What's your plan? What? Why, why capture an elf? I mean, okay. What? I don't really know what's going on. But I think he's in some sort of fighting pit. Because also, why would we be fighting with an axe? I think it's like they gave him an axe to fight. Yeah, maybe. But it's a cool little action shot. All right. Yeah. Now this guy. This yeah. This is Will Fletcher. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? <laughs> so yeah, this is Will Fletcher. This is we have this is a battle scene. There's elves in golden armor. They're fighting orcs in black armor. Very good versus evil. It's raining. It's classic battle scene. I can only imagine it's supposed to be something to do with the battle against Morgoth at the beginning. I mean, like, uh, he is Finrod, and, like, a Finrod died in the first eight. So, I'm assuming that this... We don't know that that's Finrod. Mm. We don't. I would not. Mm. Okay, this article says so, so let's see. Well... The thing is, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense for it to be Finrod, because this character, I mean, he's slated to be in eight episodes of The Rings of Power. In eight? So, it yeah. could be full-on a mistake on IMDb's part, which is very possible. But I just... I mean, we know that he's going to have flashback. Like, uh, to the first eight. I mean, this is... We assume. We, you and I assume. But uh, we don't know what, what parts of the Silmarillion they have rights to. It could just be the parts that involve Numenor. So, I don't know. Well, we saw, like, the, the, like the, the trees. Yeah, but I think, you know, they're going to look at the creation myth. I think they're going to cover that. 
I think they have to explain what the Silmarils are. Yes, uh, 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 or less like a very briefly. I don't know. I don't know like how much this confirmation is like a contested. Like they say that it's Finrod, but I've heard that as well. And so I'm not saying that it's incorrect. It's more that I don't understand it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I'm just gonna give you a little background on Finrod. He's the eldest son of Finarfin. Who's that? He is called the Faithful and the Friend of Men. He is founder and king of Nargothron. He encountered in Osirian the first men to cross the Blue Mountains, slain in defense of Baron in the dungeons of Tol in Gorhoth, which is probably the most pertinent thing to talk about. So Baron, he was the first man to marry an elf. So Baron and Luthien, that's like the big uh, tale that Aragorn's kind of obsessed with. Yeah, he dies in a dungeon, not on a battlefield. If this is Finrod, I'm just like, what does this moment have to do with the moment where he died? Because that's kind of what it looks like. It looks like this guy's about to die. Well, maybe he's just like like a show you that this battle is kind of like a... Explanation what happened. Anyway, so, this is Galadriel's brother. I probably came, should have started with that. It came from here. Oh, the official Fellowship of Fans Twitter. <laughs> yeah, that I don't know. They didn't mention exactly where they take it from. So take this as kind of like a grain of salt. Because I also heard that that very first image that they released with the short-haired elf looking at the trees of Valinor, that mm-hmm. that was Finrod. I read that somewhere. And it, it does make sense. They're both, they both have short blonde hair. Yeah. Um, so what do you think this is, then? What moment is this meant to represent? If this is Finrod, then what the hell is going on here? I mean, like... Because he dies way before the battle with Morgoth. I just feel like, okay, it's Finrod, but why would why even include him in this story? I know. What it doesn't add anything. Okay, it's Galadriel's big brother. I mean, obviously we'll have like a semi big role, otherwise we'll cast whoever. Yeah, I just don't it just doesn't make sense to me that this is Finrod. Unless they just obvious the fact that he died in the first eight. <laughs> I mean, is it just like Galadriel has this trauma because one of her brothers died in a horrible battle? I, I, maybe some of the motivation of Galadriel. But uh, but if they say that it's appearing eight episodes, and uh, makes sense because it's kind of like a semi-famous actor. So is he? I've never heard of this person before. Oh no. Uh, okay, appear. I have it here. No, I got his IMDb open. Oh, okay. Because he's in something called The Road and something called Conversations at Dusk. And the and girl that's who, it. The girls who fell. Do you know that? The girls who fell? Yeah. No, that is not listed on his IMDb. Oh, it is in this article, but... Well, I don't know. But as far as his IMDb is concerned... Oh, sorry, that's not the road. It's the road dance. (laughs) The road makes more sense. Um, Yeah, he's like a relatively unknown actor. So, I... uh, 
I don't know, is he actually in it for eight episodes? Maybe it's just a mistake in the listing. Yeah. Maybe he's just in a flashback. Why is he the first character they released an image of? I don't know. <laughs> this is bothering me more than anything. This is one reason why I don't like to look on the internet for stuff. Because people will throw out random theories like this, and it becomes canon, yeah, basically. <laughs> and I'm just sitting there scratching my head and going, why the fuck would they have Finrod in this show? Yeah. <laughs> Especially considering he's a he's a major player in the first age, sure. Yeah. But this is not a show about the first age. So <sighs> I got nothing to say about this. No, no, no. I mean <laughs> Moving on. Alright, then we've got little hand and big hand. And this is very clearly Nori taking the stranger's yes. hand. Um, um, yeah, th- I, I, not much else to say. I this, think we just to- talk a lot about the the stranger man. I mean we already knew that the stranger is not meant to be a villain just based off the fact that the the image was clearly trying to make us think he was a villain and here we have a very tender moment of him taking the hand of a halfling so i think he's meant to be uh, a good a good person i think nori's going to kind of teach him I think when he comes down, he's going to be kind of befuzzled, kind of like a Gandalf reincarnated situation yeah. where he sort of has an idea of who he is, but he's at the same time learning that about himself, and so she's going to kind of show him the good of the world, and, <laughs> oh, it's Gandalf. Oh, God, it's he's Gandalf! Gandalf. No! <laughs> let, let me show you. <laughs> Ah, and now I have a fondness for halflings, and I will continue to watch over your people. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm dying already. It's happening. It's happening, Elise. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I'm actually filled with more, more, <laughs> I want to say rage. <laughs> uh, doing this has, has, has stirred up a lot of feelings I didn't realize I had, and I don't know how I feel anymore. They're latent. <laughs> yeah, a lot of latent feelings are coming forth. Yeah, that's... That's, that's, the, that's the last scene? That's the last scene. And then The Lord of the Rings, The Ring of Paris. And of course, we know it's already September 2nd. Yeah, so. September. September 2nd. At least it's the beginning of September. Ooh. <laughs> September 29th. Fuck you! <laughs> Final thoughts about what we're getting ourselves into. <laughs> I mean, l- let's see when they like they release more trailers or more images because otherwise it's, it's going to be a, a long wait. Do you have any concerns about this show? For the things that we saw in the trailer or in general? Just in general. I may be going off of the trailer, but I'm concerned about things like filler. Which is stuff that's purely made up for the show that has nothing to do with the stories. You know, I complained about this a lot in Peter Jackson's films. I just... It's mostly because I don't understand the need for it. Because there's so much information. There's so much lore. There are so many characters and stories and places that it just feels very unnecessary for them to invent any of that. And, yeah, we've already seen them throw in a bunch of new characters, which, I mean, sure, I expected a few in the background, but why are they main characters? Why are we focusing on these people? 
I actually am okay with like a new characters and especially in some cases like a bit, like a have like a female characters for a chance. It's, no, it's that's nice. that's fine, but <sighs> and then you need to make these characters like a main characters because if they're gonna be just in the back as a poster, then don't bring it at all. <laughs> so it is why like the the dwarf. But I feel like we did have real female characters that we could have used. I mean, obviously Galadriel, well, but yes. there's also Tar Mariel, who's supposed to be a huge player. Uh, the female characters exist. Yeah. They're in there. So it's not like, don't ever create a new character, but why aren't we focusing on the characters that are already there? I don't know, because I haven't seen anything beyond this trailer, but I personally am worried that there's going to be a lot of filler like this story with the wizard and the halfling yes. what does this have to do with anything I... especially in the case of wizard i hope that they have when, <laughs> anything. this is when you have so much lore to choose from it seems bizarre to me to invent any of it i think it is like a half a health uh, proportion of invented character is not the end of the world I, it's more the storylines that I'm more. You're you're focusing on characters. That the that's the small part of it. <laughs> it's more just coming up with these random storylines. Like Galadriel lost at sea. Okay, but did we need this? Sto- I just don't know where we're going with this. And I don't know. I think we saw like a flashes of two seconds. So make a full contest of what is, that is going to go in the story, in the canon, it's very hard to know. Yeah, I just want to know where the creator's headspace really is. Because reading that Vanity Fair article, it felt like they were very much of the opinion that because there wasn't a specific through-line story arc... Other than perhaps Sauron's rise to power, yeah. rise and fall. It seems like they're just trying to create a story rather than taking the stories that are already there. And that worries me a little bit. I'm not having heart palpitations or anything, but it is a big question mark for me. <laughs> I, I don't believe that bad that you have like the main storyline with like the main characters and like all the stories that we know. And they use more as a background, and then you have like a small story that like a like a like a come from the main one, and it is called like a side story, side character. Sometimes characters they are like invented, and keep the main like storyline a little bit more in the background. I guess I'm really wondering who is this show for. Because it seems pretty clear to me by this point that this show is not made for Lord of the Rings fans. Or not exclusively. (laughs) But not even, like, that wasn't even the thought in their heads. They're not aiming this towards people who enjoy the novels because they're very cavalier (laughs) about the information in there. And... No, they're the, the people that like the movie. I think... No, it's, I don't even think it's that. I think this show is made for Game of Thrones fans. And specifically 
fans of the TV show. I think this is a direct response to the popularity of Game of Thrones. I mean, this is not new information. (laughs) This show never would have been greenlit if Game of Thrones wasn't as big as it was. And even the way that they're marketing this show and being so secretive about everything, when, again, it's not like we don't have the lore. We have everything that Tolkien has ever written about this world, and yet they're still being super secretive about the characters and the plot. Like, they're... They're trying to recreate the experience of watching Game of Thrones, and that's the only... Well, or, or watch any TV show from Zero. Don't need to be... No, like, but it's Game of Thrones. <laughs> they're trying to make Game of Thrones. Very clearly. And they're trying to do these big, shocking moments. And so that's why they're trying to be so secretive, and that's why they're introducing all these characters, because... You know, there's not a lot of intrigue about what's going to happen to Galadriel. We know what happens to her. We know what happens to Elrond. We know what happens to Gilgalad. So they have to create all these characters to be like, oh, who's going to die this week? I think it's going to be really Game of Thrones clony. But that's my that's my concern. But but it's what I say. Like I from the very beginning, I saw it more like a, all of this story is going to be the background and not the main part of the TV show. Because if the TV show, it is going to just read in the books, who is going to watch this? Me. <laughs> and who else? But that's what I mean. That's why I'm saying this show isn't made for Lord of the Rings fans. can be also for Lord of the Rings fans. No. It is not excluded. <laughs> I, am a, I am a fan. I am looking for this TV show. I'm looking forward to it as well. But at the same time, I'm accepting the fact that I'm going to watch this and it's going to be completely unfamiliar to me as a Lord of the Rings story. But you are just talking a very high level of knowledge, but for like the user You hear that, everyone? High level of knowledge. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) But for like the user level that is me, it is like a perfectly for like a Lord of the Rings fans. You are more than just an average fan, and that is, I mean, for the average ones. Yeah... I think the average Lord of the Rings fan is not going to enjoy this show. I think, I think, so. I think Game of Thrones that, fans are going to dig it. I, I think the people that enjoy the movies are going to enjoy this TV show. Whew. Should we talk about the movies again? <laughs> <laughs> no, we talk already. <laughs> we haven't talked about The Hobbit yet. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh. <laughs> All right. Well... I've got nothing else to say. Just to be very clear to everyone, I'm not down on this show. I still am looking forward to it. (laughs) I just, you know, getting into the nitty-gritty... I have reservations, (laughs) yes. (laughs) (laughs) All right, it's time to sign out. So, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. (laughs) See, I need to say it as many times this episode because I'll never remember again. Oh, no. And you can follow me on Twitter at Guinevere Lee. That's G-U-E-N-E-V-E-R-E-L-E-E. <laughs> or GuineveraLee.com. So you can take a look at all these images and all of the uh, trailers and lots of links to more information. <laughs> so you too can read about Finrod and why he shouldn't be in this TV show. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and I guess I should read a quote. All I have in front of me is Silmarillion, so let's go with that. Truly for these causes they came, but for others also, 
Beware the sons of Feanor. The shadow of the wrath of the Valar lies upon them. They have done evil, I perceive, both in Amun and to their own king. A grief but lulled to sleep lies between the princess of the Noldor. See, Feanor, that's a character I could see them putting into this show. Not fucking <laughs> Finrod. Anyway, bye! Bye! Hikari the Azura Fish is the thrilling sequel to Orope the White Snake. Orope introduced historical fiction fans to a unique fantasy world inspired by Bronze Age history and mythology. Hikari takes them further, going to new kingdoms and introducing new characters. The gods are still angry, but the whispers of the gods are closer than ever to saving the world from a terrible flood. Kareth is still working for the powerful Imota. Kareth hopes Imota will help him deliver his message to the ruler of Mahat. But everything changes when the sorcerer Dedelian takes an interest in him. After the winter snows have melted, Tersh decides to head into the mountain kingdom of Matoe to reach the city of Mesite. Lost in this strange land, she must rely on the help of Tuthalia, a soldier with an unknown past who plans to return home and start a family. Shadi's journey seems doomed by the death of their leader, but the hunter case set promises to lead them through the jungle. There are sinister things in the jungle though, and their journey is beset by disease and attacks from wild animals. Samaki sails east, a last attempt to make a good trade that will save his livelihood. The Middle Sea has changed since Samaki last sailed though, and the waters are rife with the ruthless sea people. Continue this wonderful journey with Guinevere Lee as she takes you through the fantasy world of Picari the Azure Fish, the sequel to Orope the White Snake. Ebook, paperback, and audiobook out now. You can buy it on Amazon, Chapters Indigo, Barnes and Noble, and wherever books are sold. For more information, please go to the website GuineveraLee.com. See, you also wouldn't be angry with the TV show. <laughs>